Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a weekly podcast that features a look inside Pastor Bob's journal on the things that he is thinking deeply and praying deeply about among some stories along his journey. So on this week's journal session, Bob dives into what it means to be a mentor or a spiritual father and how to best pour into those that you are discipling. Take a listen. I want to talk to you about spiritual parenting because the reality is as you grow in your walk with God and you lead people to faith in Christ and you lead your family and you work discipling people uh, and especially if you're a pastor and you're raising up other pastors in your church to go out, you will never stop being a spiritual parent. We don't think a lot about that, but in the early church, it was a big deal. It was a really big deal. And so, you know, a lot of discipleship material talk about how that every Paul needs a Timothy in order to disciple. Yes, but I like the phrase father more than discipling, because it's not just a matter of me giving you some knowledge information and teaching you how to do what I do and all the stuff that goes with that, which is good and I believe in. But I think the relationship between a spiritual parent and a, and a child in the ministry or a child in the faith is a far better metaphor than the teacher-pupil because it's describing the relationship and how we do teach and how we do pass on. And so what does it mean to be a spiritual parent? How do you parent sons and daughters in the Lord, in the ministry, and all of these things? Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through, uh, through 16. Let me read this to you. It says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Notice he says fathers. So he knows that he's their father in the Lord, but there's also other fathers in the body of Christ. So I have a lot of sons and daughters in the Lord, and, and I'm their spiritual father, but they have other fathers too, and that's a good thing. I have four or five spiritual fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Isn't that good? He's saying, do what I do. That is why I sent to you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. That's a really good passage. So I want you to, yes, think of discipleship, but think in the broader context of family and what that looks like and how that works. What is the whole point of spiritual parenting? That you know your children and that they know themselves. That's what it's all about. I have a page in my journal, uh, two or three pages in my journal, and it's accumulated over a few decades. And it has my Myers-Briggs, my DISC, my Enneagram. Uh, it's got 360s. Uh, it's got strengths finders, every test I've ever taken. It's got critiques from people that I respect, uh, things I need to be sensitive to, aware of, work on. Uh, it has my strengths, my weaknesses, what's unique, all of this. And it's very important that we know who we are because that serves as a foundation for what we say yes to, what we say no to, what we focus our time on, what we give ourselves to. So let me give you seven simple little things 
that are critical in, in spiritual parenting. Number one, you've got to listen. The most important thing you're going to do as a, as a spiritual parent is listen. A lot of times what the person wants is not even advice as much as knowing that you care. And if they can talk and tell you anything, and you're going to listen, and, and they're going to sense that you love them and that you're there for them. You're listening uh, to what they think. You're listening to what they feel. You're listening when they say they want to quit. Uh, you're, you're listening. And, and a lot of times what we do, we listen so that we know how to respond. But in spiritual parenting, it's not listening to know how to respond, but listening to understand them. And a lot of times if you start preaching to your spiritual children, they're not going to tell you what they would have told you. It's more important to ask questions than it is to give statements. Listen. Listen to what they're saying. Here's a second thing. Watch them. This is very important. You can listen to what they say, and a lot of times you'll find out if what they say they mean by watching them. Actions tell you more than their words. Uh, you can see their strengths. You can see their weaknesses. You can see the blind spots. You can see where uh, they're not prepared. You see all of the, this. Watch what's going on. And, and, and when you listen and you watch, you'll see things. I remember I was pouring into this guy one time, and he had a, he had a tragedy happen in his life, and, and he was very depressed and discouraged. And I remember I was talking to him one day, and, and we were outside, and, and he told me, he said, I'm just upset. And I said, what's wrong? He said, well, the thing is, I've been faithful. I give. I tithe. I, I go to church. I'm moral. I do all this stuff. And I feel like I did it all. And what difference does it make? Yeah, I mean, it's as if it didn't make any difference. This happened to me and so forth. And, and that told me a whole lot. The first thing I said, well, why do you do all that? Are you doing it because you love God? Or are you doing it because there's something you're wanting from God? And we do those things because we love him. And, and it helped me understand the moods and everything. And, and so one of the things that's critical is that, that you watch, you observe. You know, I hear a guy talk about, uh, you know, how great of a dad and a husband he is. But sometimes I'll watch him around his wife, watch him around his kids. How does he talk to them? How does he make time for them? Uh, how, how, how do they act? I mean, all of that comes into play. You need to watch people that you're spiritually parenting. Observe them. Here's the third thing. As a spiritual parent, what you're wanting to do is to help clarify for them what they already know. So it's not that you're going to discover something. A lot of times our spiritual children come to us and say, hey, here's a decision I need to make. It, and what do you think I ought to do? Worst thing you can do is say, this is what you ought to do. Instead, clarify. Now, let's think about who you are. That's why I've got two or three pages worth of this is Bob Roberts stuff, because it helps me understand. All right, now, the decision that I have to make here, what do I know about myself? What are my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my weaknesses, my failures, my successes? How does that figure in? Uh, one of my personal mentors is Bob Bill, and Bob talks about how that in our 40s especially, 
and our early 50s are a very dangerous time. Because in our 30s, if we're good, we become successful at something. And then if we're good at it, we're going to get a lot of opportunities in our 40s. And that can be the undoing of ourselves. And when you begin to explain that to me, I got it because I begin to see this in my own life. I've seen it in guys after me and around me, my my same age, because maybe you're a great preacher and you grow a church and then you get asked to do a bunch of other stuff. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do something else, but a lot of times just when we're getting really good, we leave it too quick because it opens up some big door with a big salary and a big title and a lot of recognition. What we need sometimes is clarity. Wait a minute. Who am I and what am I about? And it takes at least 10 years to get a breakthrough. Did you know that? If you're going to focus in a field, at least 10 years. And a lot of guys basically move every five to 10 years, and they're just repeating that same experience over and over again. And there's no real breakthrough. So what you're trying to do as a spiritual parent is help them clarify, wait a minute, what are your gifts? And helping them to endure and to be still and to discover that and clarify. Now, wait a minute, who am I? I remember when I was in 40s, I I was asked to work with different mission organizations and denominations and and everything else. And, and I remember it was hard because I wanted to do it. And these were places that had, had enough money to pay me a good salary and, and uh, have money to tr- send me around the world and let me fulfill all of these dreams. But God wanted me to stay right at Northwood. And had I not had Bob Bill in my life, but man, he would come back and do the fourth thing, which is questions. He would ask me, Bob, why do you want to do that? Bob, what have you accomplished? What's left undone at Northwood? Bob, if you can do it both places. And he would tell me, you know, he said, I know a, a lot of pastors and I know of a lot of diplomats, but I know of very few pastor diplomats. You leave this role, you could leave something very unique. He was right. I had no idea in my 60s I'd be working with world leaders all the time, meeting with world leaders and presidents and kings and prime ministers. And I had no clue. I don't know if he saw that. I don't know. Regardless, he saw the uniqueness of it. Bob Beale would always push me on. Bob Buford would push me as well on questions. He would he would say, hey, what's the unique thing? And so that clarification comes through fourth questions. What does God call me to do? You know, a lot of times we get excited about opportunities. I had a, a really big church uh come visit our church and they wanted me to come be their senior pastor. And, and uh, I thought I'm, I need to do this. I mean, it's a big church with a big budget and it'd give me uh, resources that I'd never had to do things overnight. That would be impossible. It's a great church. Think a lot of it. And so I, I got all excited about it. And I talked to my preacher buddies and their response was, God's calling you, Bob. He's taking you to a higher level of ministry. I thought, yeah, he is. And, and I started talking to my wife about it. You know, our wives can, or your husband, whichever it is, but your spouse, they can kind of get a, get a, get in our heads in ways other people can't. And he said, what do you want to go there for? So they got a few thousand more than we've got. It's going to take you a few years to talk them into letting the church be the missionary. You've got more freedom here. Yeah, but Nikki, I could have so much in resources and I could have staff I could hire and I could have this. I said, yeah, but then you got to convince those deacons and you've got to convince the church and it's going to take a whole shift in philosophy. So you can do it if God's calling you to. I'm with you, but 
I haven't sensed God telling us we need to leave Northwood. Man, those questions she would ask me caused me to think. Here's the fifth thing. Spiritual parenting is about challenging. It's about challenging. As a spiritual parent, you're going to see their, their sin sometime, stuff in their life, arrogance, egotism, call it out. Um, it's a hard thing when you see something in a spiritual son or daughter to challenge them, but you should. Uh, you know, and, and if, if you mentor a lot of people, you're going to sense things. Uh, I'll never, and God will show you things. Uh, this hasn't happened to me often. I'm hesitant to tell it because uh, somebody may say, hey, uh, go talk to Bob. He, he's got a radar on this. This just was a Holy Spirit thing. But I remember one time a guy came into my office who was a church planner, and he'd been struggling with his wife, and I'd been praying for him. And, and he comes into the office with her, and they're not doing good, and he's been struggling with this and that. And I don't know why, but just the Holy Spirit just spoke to me profoundly. Guys, I'm halfway charismatic anyhow. And I felt like, really, I got a word of knowledge. And I said, now, listen, you're sitting here. You're miserable. Your wife's miserable. I want you to just go ahead and admit to her that you've not been faithful to her. It's who you've been talking to, Bob. I said, nobody. But I just think you need to admit her to her. You've not been faithful. He started crying. He wasn't. It was the strangest, weirdest thing. But sometimes God will give you insights. Now, not like that, but you may see little signs of arrogance, little signs of cockiness. Let me tell you something. In your spiritual sons and daughters, if you don't call out their pride, nobody else is. And pride, man, it feeds every other sin there is. Challenge their sin. Challenge their ability. You know, you need to read. You need to grow. You need to mature. You need to get better at this. A lot of times people are lazy or they think, I'm just going to hire somebody to do that because I don't like to do it. There's a lot of things we don't have to do that we have to do that we don't like to do. Challenge them in their leadership, how they relate to people. Challenge them in their family, how they respond. Challenge them. Here's the sixth thing I would say that's important in spiritual parenting. Affirm them. Look at their strengths. Look at their call. And everywhere you can, encourage them and affirm them. They need it. We all need that. It's a tough time. Uh, and, and we need encouragement. It needs to be legit. You, so challenge them when something's wrong. Affirm them when, it, when it's right. Challenge them when something needs to be done. You know, they're not doing it. Affirm them when they've completed it. Uh, it, it, it matters. Affirmation matters. I can't tell you what it did to me uh, when I made some hard decisions a few years ago. And I would, I was walking through some tough times. Jim Hilton, who's an older pastor in our church, would come over to me, put his arm around me, and just say, keep walking, Bob. Keep walking. You're doing exactly what you need to do. It is amazing how many of my spiritual fathers encouraged me along the way. When I'd want to quit and say, is it worth it? Does it matter? No, you need you need to really affirm them. I like what John Maxwell says. You're not as bad as what they say, and you're not as good as what they say. But find things there. And then the seventh thing I would say spiritually, let go. Let go. 
But don't tell them how to do things. Help them identify who they are and help challenge them to think through these things. But after you've done all of that, after you've listened to them and you've watched them and you've helped them clarify it and you help them with the questions and the challenges and the affirmation, let go of them. I'm proud of my son and daughter. They know what it is to be knocked down and they know what it is to get back up on their feet. And I can give them advice when they ask for it, but there also is a point, no matter what I think, they have to move forward. I think it's the same thing in ministry. Sometimes people are going to have to experience things to learn them. It's not just a matter of you opening doors for them and mentoring them and fathering them and praying with them and encouraging in those things. We have to be willing to let go for them to do what they need to do. Let go of them after you've listened, watched, clarified, helped with the questions, challenged them, and affirmed them. Thank you so much for joining us for journal sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com. Whether it's a single gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time.